This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley and delighted to have in the studio with us today, Darren Kagan, the former CNN anchor whose second act is way more exciting and filled with great stories than her first act was. She's got a book, it's called Hope Possible, a network news anchor's thoughts on losing her job, finding love, a new career, and we've got to find out. And my dog, always my dog, Darren Kagan. It's so good to see you back in a studio where you used to do some work for us back in the day. Kind of like where I feel like I belong here. Yeah, absolutely you do. And nothing has ever changed. So Hope Possible, yeah. series of columns that mm-hmm. you wrote, correct, for the Dayton Daily News. Is that what happened? Well, the Dayton Daily News, which is a Cox newspaper, is my home paper. That was the home paper for Irma Bombeck. So quite an honor. To Good be, karma yes, there. Yes, the, the spirit of Irma. Uh, but Cox, which owns WSB and a number of other properties and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, came to me, gosh, I guess like four or five years ago and wanted me to do an overcoming obstacles kind of column. And, and you said, and why do you all think I would be good on that subject? Well, that part kind of made sense. When I left CNN, I reinvented my career. I wanted to do uplifting, positive content. So I already had my website, DarrenKagan.com, which is the web's one-stop shop for uplifting and positive news. So I was already creating content. And actually, Cox was interested in seeing me produce content on a number of different platforms. So this was just one of the things that I was doing. Um, but I was paired with a woman who now runs that paper, Jana Collier. I don't know if in your travels, if you've met her, but paths she's have crossed. Fabulous. Um, and she did what a great teacher editor will do. She kind of slapped me around a little, <laughs> a little bit. I turned in my first column on overcoming obstacles. And I don't remember what it was, but it basically was somebody else's story. Ah. And she said, this is nice. If you just tell me a story, that's an article. That's great. We have a newspaper full of those. If you tell me a story about something that you have faced or how somebody's story touches your heart, that's a column and that's what we want. So she kept sending me back and sending me back. And what kind of evolved was this column where I really went from, you know, you were trained in traditional journalism. We are not the story. No. No. Well, sometimes we are. (laughs) And the more I shared, the more popular the column became. And um, now I've gone from, oh, I would never talk about myself to it's, it kind of we can't keep we can't, it's, we can't it's shut like, you up. Like, did she just say that? Did she really just <laughs> share that? Um, and then, interestingly, the opportunity came about the time that I met the man who's now my husband. So readers have been able to follow through finding love, as is in the book, um, getting married for the first time, becoming a mom in an unusual way. And uh, that comes with lots of great things and lots of challenges. And that's what's shared in the column and also in the book. Darren Kagan, you have had quite the remarkable journey, but I am often reminded that there are so many people who are new to Atlanta, so many people coming of age today, they may not know your backstory. Enlighten us. So I worked in local news and I came to CNN in 94, so came to Atlanta then, two years before the Olympics, and uh, did sports for CNN for three years and then switched back over to news. So I was there for 12 years. CNN is a fabulous place to do news. Um, I traveled the world. Um, I was a mid-morning anchor, breaking news, loved, loved, loved my job, would still be sitting there. Um, And then one day my boss emailed me while I was on the air and said, hey, why don't you stop on by? (laughs) I thought he was calling to say, 
What Good a great, show. Great breaking news. And you know what? My team and I were great on breaking news that day. Um, that's not why he was calling me in. No. He was calling me in to say, your contract's up at the end of the year and we're not going to renew it. So you're done. Um, and then also a little unusual twist that as someone who's on air, you will appreciate. Usually, you know, with on-air people, when you're let go, there's you're let go that day. <laughs> you don't put somebody back on the air who's going to be leaving. But he said to me, well, this, I mean, this was January and the contract wasn't up for like 10 months. And he said, you know, actually, I'd like you to play out your contract. I have no plans to take you off the air. Hmm, I don't think I do. I'll let you know. So every day I came to work for the next nine months, I didn't know if that was going to be the day that was my last day at the place I just spent 12 years of my life, which admittedly was a little stressful. A little stressful? stressful, Yes, yes. Um, But it also was a gift because I certainly didn't walk out of the boss's office that day going, I feel so great about the world. I know I'm going to go focus on uplifting and positive news. No, that was not an instant um, transition. Were you given any reason why your contract was not going to be renewed? I specifically never asked why. Why not? Um, You didn't want to know? On a practical reason, uh, well, a few. One, I knew I was good at my job. Two, um, it didn't really matter. Um, They didn't want me there anymore. And three, I think I had like an internal feeling that it was time for something else. Um, I didn't want it to be time for something else. That's two different things. but as I sat in the boss's office that day, I, got, I kind of heard a voice that just said, Darren, it's time. I certainly did not know time for what. Um, I kind of went kicking and screaming. <laughs> but uh, not kicking and screaming out of CNN. No, I went with great, um, with grace and gratitude. But um, sometimes when you know it's time doesn't mean that you want it to be time. Okay, now, so tell our mm-hmm. audience about the transition. You finish up at the network. You know it's time right. to do something else. But you have to figure out what that is. Right. So that's why this transition that people go, I can't believe they did that to you. They didn't. That was a gift because I still got up and went to work every day. I still had that thing to go do. So there was a few months to just have my sad, which I think is really important. I highly recommend crawling under the covers and, you know, pulling them up over your head. Um, But then I had time then to think, okay, so what's next? And the most shocking thing to my friends and family was deciding, you know, I don't think I want to go keep doing traditional news. And they said, are you nuts? You know, one, look how good you are at it. Two, look at your paycheck. <laughs> you make a very nice living as a, as a network news anchor. Um, but I didn't want to keep go doing that. So um, I let go. I opened that space. And that's when I started looking around at other things to go do, which eventually led to creating my own media company, my own website, and, you know, books and speeches and documentaries and radio programs and all the other things that have come with it. Darren Kagan, you write about being a single woman, mm-hmm. a 40 something single woman, mm-hmm. no kids, thinking, this is not how I had planned it, but this is what it is. And now that is not your story. That is not my story. That's been like the biggest reinvention. Yeah, so I'd never been married. I'd never had kids. Um, and that's not everybody's dream. But I'm now not, you are married with kids. Yes, I am. And in a kind of unusual way. So, um, in the fact, we just. Summerfest, the Virginia Highland Summerfest, that was just a couple weekends ago. Yes. Um, that's where we met. So we just had the anniversary of where we met. And I was with some friends, and they ran into a fellow dad who was there with his young daughter and introduced us. And, yeah, so we met at Virginia Highland Summerfest. That's where um, 
I found the guy. So, and even this is a, an unusual story. So my husband, I'm now husband, he was a single dad. His first wife had passed away. So he was raising his young daughter by himself. We dated for a couple of years. We got married. I adopted her. So that's how I came to motherhood. And then to just inc- make it even more interesting, the year before I met them, I had signed up to be a big sister in the Big Brother Big Sister program. And she now lives with us full time. So there we go. So now I'm married with two teenage girls. <laughs> is it everything you thought it would be? It is. It is really good. It and is. I mean the part about being a mom yeah. to teenage girls because oh. you once were a teenage girl. I was a teenage girl. I was too. Yes. So this is why I asked yes. that question. And when I, go, when I talk to my own mother and I go, okay, can you believe I did that? And she's like, and you never did that? I'm like, oh, um, actually, I think I did worse. Um, you know, people go, oh, two teenage girls. Yeah, it has its stuff. But in, from what I hear of the spectrum of teenage girls, I think we kind of got lucky. Um, like, for instance, they get along great. The t- there's like no squabbling between the two of them, which I think would be unusual for two teenage girls. Um, and, you know, they go in the room, close the door. You know, they can have so their they're, they're So they're sisters. They're, yeah, basically. Basically. So we have, yeah, three different last names, some white people, some black people. <laughs> it's an interesting family. When we travel and go through customs, like, they look at us like, what? You know, we, we have lots of paperwork we have to bring with us. But it all works. It does work. It really does. And, and the other thing, too, is I'm fully convinced these are the children I was meant to raise. There's no like biological urge. I'd never looked at my husband and said, okay, great. Now we need to go make a baby. So like this one's ours together or, um, no, these, this This is is the family that you were supposed to have. Absolutely. Do you think your more traditional lifestyle? And I use that in the Mm -hmm. sense of having gone to journalism school, working as a big time network news anchor at a big international global news service, Mm -hmm. dot, dot, dot might have been while fulfilling as a career blocking your ultimate path to happiness? I don't think that. I do think that growing and maturing helped me pick a different kind of guy than I would have. Um, My husband, I believe, was put on this earth to be a fabulous husband and father. Those are amazing qualities. I did not know in my early 30s, let's just say, that that's what you're supposed to look for. Um, There were other things, perhaps, that, you know, bright, shiny pieces that might have gotten my attention more. Oh, so you had a list? Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I believe I had three lists when I found him. Um, And I think those three lists, which there's a column in the book where I talk about the three lists. I think the three lists helped me find him. If you want another list. Give us a little taste because we do want people to pick up hope possible. So the first list was the traditional list. You know, he should have one blue eye, one green eye, be 6'10", whatever, you know, where people say you're too picky. Like I say, go to town. Write down every single thing you think you want. Um, The second list is what do you and this person, what will you be like together? Um, Are you going to spend all your time together? Is he going to live in another country? (laughs) You know, do you travel together? Do you cook together? Do you, how much time do you spend together? What, what do you look like as a couple? And then the third list, which I think is really kind of the secret sauce. The third list is when I do have that person who is healthy and wonderful and supportive and encouraging me to be my best self, what is my best self going to look like? And why that was the magic sauce was I realized as I worked on that list, I didn't have to wait for him to show up in order to start working on being her. It wasn't like putting my life on hold. Oh, when I get the guy, then I can go blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I can work on being her. And I think by focusing on being her, 
that's what attracted him. Darren Kagan, do you realize you just said something to tens of thousands <laughs> of single women listening to us right now or their mothers or their dads going, honey, this is why you haven't found the guys, because you don't have to wait on him to start being the woman he wants you to be. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. That sounds uh, like a pretty big aha moment for you. It was. And it was just also freeing because... Um, you know, for being single for so long, I think we, uh, when we do this, oh, if I'd only had the guy I would do this, or this would happen, or, and there are things that are easier partnered, and I'll tell you, being partnered, there's some things that are easier single. <laughs> um, there's some nights where I go, oh, remember when I just opened a can of soup for dinner? I love that. Um, so there are some things that are easier being single, and some things easier being partnered. Um, but a lot that you don't have to put on hold. Um, and this guy, the one who I married more than anybody who I ever dated, ever, supports and sees that person and that's that's who you want to be with right absolutely so the book is hope possible the author is darren kagan your thoughts on losing that job which we've talked about Mm -hmm. finding love we're talking about uh, your new career and we're going to get to the dog 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 but (laughs) i wanted to ask you where did the idea come from to take these columns and put them together in a single book and how did things just blow up for you when you did the meredith vieira show um, so the idea for the book, actually, to be perfectly honest, um, the idea for this particular book came from one of my many failures. Um, because, and don't you just hate this about Facebook and social media? Like you watch, oh, everybody's a huge success and everything they try is amazing and everything works. And, and That's especially nobody posts the unhappy stuff. I mean, oh, please. So I like to share that, yes, that this successful book is because I really <laughs> did not do well at something. Um, I decided a couple years ago, you know what I'm meant to do, what I really want to do is um, write novels, chiclet novels. I mean, I, I could see it. I saw the writing desk, I saw the New York Times profile, I saw a lot of stuff. And I worked on it for like a year and a half. And I had the book and I turned it in, I had done a, another book in 2008, so I turned it into my book agent. Um, to say he hated it would be kind of, uh, an understatement. <laughs> um, I mean, he didn't even hand back notes. He just like, no, this is, I won't take it. <laughs> he said like, I'm disappointed. Like he was, oh, it was awful. I mean, and so. A but, little hint as to what this terrible novel was about. You got it at least oh, that. So, well, and I eventually will get this novel published. Yes. Um, 23 seconds to air about a network news anchor looking for love, basically. Write what you know. That's what they say, That's right? That's what they say. Yes. So um, anyhow, I have friends in the business, and I showed it to them. They actually were very encouraging, and they thought it was good. And they said, hire a private editor and work on it again. And so I did, and still have not found a book agent for this particular book. Um, in any case, while I'm sitting here banging my head, and the fabulous husband's like, "You're like, uh, hello, like, how long are we going to be doing the novelist? <laughs> thing. I have this column that runs every Sunday in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and other newspapers across the country. And, you know, I'm sitting here banging my head about the novel. And meanwhile, every day I get email from people who read my column. And I love hearing from people, by the way. So Darren at DarrenKagan.com. How my column touches them. Me too. Yeah, this is my story. Um, And I realized, okay, so what am I doing? Like, I'm trying the novel. It's not working. But every day someone's telling me they love my column. And there's lots of people who don't get the newspaper or the AJC or aren't in markets where my column runs. So I'm like, why not take the column? It's called repurposing content, something you do here, right? Every media company does it, put it on a different platform. So I got out the four or five years of columns and I weeded through and I 
pick the 80 best ones and figure out kind of themes and boom, there you go, Hope Possible. All right, so the 80 next best ones will be Hope Possible, the sequel, right? <laughs> the next one will probably be Travel Possible. Ooh. I was telling you as we were walking in here that uh, my husband has this kind of crazy hobby where we collect frequent flyer points without flying. So we fly all over the world in luxury for pennies and people want to know how you do that. So that's a very nice tease and people will be looking forward to that book. So the invitation to do the Meredith Vieira story, how did that come? Uh, Meredith Vieira show. So my agent who represented me when I was at CNN is Meredith Vieira's agent and actually a producer on her show. Um, And actually that show was getting canceled. So um, uh, Michael Glantz, the agent, posted on Facebook, I'm sorry, I haven't been around. I've been busy with the show, but now the show's getting canceled. So if anybody wants tickets, please come. And it was just as my book was coming out. And I said, Michael, I think I have a book that would be great for your staff because it's about things ending and reinvention and next chapters and how you pick up the pieces. And he said, let's make it happen. So they flew me to New York and got the A-list treatment. Um, Everything you would think about being on a big New York City show. Um, It was a lot of fun. You know, dressing room. They bring you snacks in the dressing room. Just the little Uh, things. Yeah, Makeup and hair. I looked in the mirror. I'm like, oh, I remember her. (laughs) (laughs) And it just blew up after that. So that's great. Congratulations. So we've teased, we've teased, we've teased (laughs) the dogs. Tell us (laughs) about the dogs, your dogs. Well, I have one dog. I have one dog, one three-legged cat, and eight chickens. One dog, no. a three-legged cat, yes, and, and eight, eight chickens. chickens. Yes. So the dog is um, she just turned sixteen, Darla. Yeah. What 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 is her breed? She's a um, lab mix. <laughs> Emphasis on the mix. She's from the Atlanta Humane Society. In two thousand, um, my house got broken into. And two days later, they came back and stole my car off the street. And um, you call Atlanta PD enough times, <laughs> and they uh, show up. And literally, they said, lady, get a gun or get a dog. <laughs> was I'm like, yeah, well, the gun thing's not really working for me. So we went right to um, the Humane Society and um, got a little blonde pup. And now she's 16, and she's been with me on this journey um the story she could tell the story she could tell um yeah and then you know i write about every once in a while i have a dog column and without fail those are the ones that get the most reactions so i realized when i was putting together a book of some of my favorite columns it had to have dog ones um and her name her name's darla 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 louise darla we did say that darla louise she's southern so she needed two names of course um yeah she's 16 she um healthy yeah, you know, she's probably deaf. You know, the back leg's a little weak, but not in pain. And she's she's doing okay. And what is, what's up with this three-legged cat? So this is actually my third three-legged cat, which, you know, <laughs> I raise. How does rivals. one continue to raise three-legged cats? They tend to find me. They, um, when I was working in local news in Phoenix, I w- did a story at one of the shelters, and there was a three-legged cat, and so that was my first cat. That was Tripod. And right before I left Phoenix to come to CNN, they called me and said, you're not going to believe this. We got another three-legged cat. looks just like tripod, but it's missing a different leg. I'm like, okay, got to have that cat. So I moved to Atlanta with two three-legged cats. Uh, that one was Eileen because he... I know. Yeah, the yeah, bad joke. Yeah, yeah, Eileen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, got it. Uh, and then um, Eileen didn't last. I mean, Eileen was old. Eileen was kind of a charity case. Tripod lived 20 years. Um, 
And not too, oh no, yeah, like six months after Tripod passed away, I got a letter from a shelter here around Atlanta saying, basically, we hear you're like the crazy <laughs> three-legged, la- three-legged cat, cat lady, lady. and uh, we have this cat we haven't been able to find a home for. And, you know, I was like, oh, I'm not ready, but I'll come see her. Well, you know, that's sucker time. So, um, yeah, they had you. They had me. So, you said uh, I think they were like a PetSmart in Douglasville. And what'd so you name this one? This is Pisa. As in the Leaning, leaning Tower, tower yeah, of, yeah, yes. yes. Um, she's in the book, too. She, um, She's crazy. I mean, she. you want to talk about teenage sass. This cat talks back more than anybody in the entire household. Get out Everything of here. is a conversation with this cat. Everything yeah. is a conversation. So, um, and then the, to bring it back to the husband and finding love, the interesting thing is on my list, clearly since I'm the crazy animal lady, was going to be an animal lover. No, my husband never had pets. True story, we went to premarital counseling just to figure out the whole pet thing. He thought, this is true, he thought pets were just something you had till you met a human. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's a different chamber of your heart, right? So um, there's been lots of comedy as he's transitioned into this house of... Um, How does he feel about your writing about your life? He is such a good sport. He, he's kind of become my muse. He's like, oh, that's a column. That's a column. I'll go, it is? He goes, oh, yeah. Um, and sometimes he says something's a column. I say, no, no, that's private. He's like, think how many books we could sell if you would write. <laughs> <laughs> He's more understand. I have to be a little bit more respectful of the kids, right? You know, I mean, being teenagers and such, there's stuff you don't. We you want don't to respect their it. privacy because Absolutely. You, they are expected to take care of you yeah. in your old age. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's a great, yeah, he's a great sport. That's. Do you ever worry about running out of things to share well let's see my column is due today at noon <laughs> um you know no I kind of I keep notes through the day you know through the week um and just like anything else that you work on some work better than others some just kind of write themselves like you could barely keep up with the words as they come out and some you need to massage a little bit more um if I'm ever a little dry on ideas, usually I just go to my email because people like to tell me stuff. They like, yeah, they. <laughs> people tell me they share their story. That's good, um, and you can, and you, and it can impact and affect yes. you. Yes, and then you have a column. There you have a column, and you know it doesn't have to be that you've had that same person's experience. And even, and I just want to say this about the book and my columns. First of all, it's not a memoir. My story would bore even me. Um, it's about challenges that I've faced that might that should that might resonate with other people in a, there's in a, a little something in, a, in this book in a for everybody way a little too much in here for me but. okay <laughs> but we'll talk later about we'll talk, that yes. we'll talk later yeah. about that darling we're but. going to coffee for that one <laughs> are you happier than you thought you'd ever be considering I, yes. all of the ups yes. and downs and even just privately in this moment thinking back mm-hmm. to one of the worst days back then to where you are now nice it's Better than I dreamed for myself, I will say, um, especially this family. The, the family I thought I was supposed to have, this is bigger and better than I could have imagined for myself. And also, interestingly, it's something that I couldn't appreciate back then. Um, I don't think some people can do it all at the same time. I don't think I was supposed to do it all at the same time. Um, I look at it as like a big meal, like you go to a huge brunch. You know, you, you're not going to shove everything in your mouth at the same time. You wouldn't want to. You know, you want to savor the appetizers in the main and then the dessert. Despite those people you see in the line who come to the well, table. Well, they do. With you know, and, and, despite, and despite women who are doing it all at the same time, if that works for you, great. I 
don't think I could have done the CNN career that I enjoyed and I loved um, at the same time I was doing this and do both in the way that I'm doing them. So everything in its time. Again, big time star in your second act. Hope possible, Darren Kagan. Yes, we are going to coffee for the other stuff. Congratulations. Thank this you. is wonderful. How do folks get the book? Just um, go to Amazon and Amazon.com. It's a print or an ebook, and just put in Hope Possible. I'm, I'll pop up right there for you. And it's positive, it's uplifting. And in these days and times, we definitely need more thank of you. that kind of content. Thank so, you. Darren, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, my handle is Condo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.